Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, my friends, and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. My name is Ian McLaren. I am your host, and this, of course, is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things that spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Tuesday, September 1st. It is the first postseason episode of the podcast, as our Boston Bruins were eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs last night at the hands of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Very sad, very disappointing, but we press on and we will discuss how the game played out and kind of what we're going to look forward to here in the offseason, such as it is uh, here on the podcast. But before we get into that, let me remind you that the podcast is available wherever others can be found. Uh, You can subscribe to Locked On Boston Ruins, and each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download and listen and enjoy five days a week, Monday to Friday, typically. If there's any changes in that schedule, I'll be sure to let you know. But, you know, you can also rely on your podcast app to let you know when a new uh, episode is available. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren. And the podcast has a Twitter handle as well at LO underscore Boston Bruins. So let's jump to... Game five between the Bruins and the Lightning, Monday night in Toronto, Scotiabank Arena, a 3-2 double overtime victory for the Tampa Bay Lightning, which eliminated our President's Trophy winning Boston Bruins from the postseason. In all honesty, this was probably Boston's best game of the series, perhaps minus uh, the game one victory. Uh, They had every opportunity to win this game, probably deserved a better fate and the opportunity to extend the series. But in a sudden death overtime scenario, next goal wins and the Bruins weren't able to beat Andre Vasilevsky uh, in either of the two overtime periods. The Bruins found themselves down in this game on two occasions. Tied it on goals by David Pasternak and David Krejci, the latter coming with two minutes and 33 seconds remaining in regulation to force extra time. But Victor Hedman eventually ended Boston's season with five minutes and 50 seconds to go in the second extra period. After the game, head coach Bruce Cassidy said, this team is resilient. We are disappointed. We thought we were the better team tonight. I would agree. And we wanted to play on. We put ourselves in a hole, obviously, but we felt we played well enough to win tonight get it to game six, and then see what happens from there. The Lightning are a good team too. They know how to win. They've done it a lot in overtime this season. We all know they won that five overtime game against the Blue Jackets earlier in the playoffs. And ultimately, they made one more play than the Bruins did in game five. The loss closes out what's you know, going to be remembered as one of the weirdest NHL seasons in our memory for sure. Um, The Bruins, as we all remember, lost in Game 7 to the St. Louis Blues in the Stanley Cup Final well over a year ago now. 
They came out strong. The only team in the NHL to earn 100 points. They won the President's Trophy in what was a shortened regular season due to an outbreak of COVID-19 in a worldwide pandemic. Uh, the NHL did pull off, or in the midst of pulling off, a return-to-play plan within bubbles in Toronto and Edmonton. And, uh, you know, our Bruins gave it, well, maybe we could argue they gave it their best shot, but they came back, they wanted to win, they wanted to make good on last season's uh, loss for several reasons they weren't able to get it done. And, you know, it's going to leave them and all of us as fans wondering what could have been for, you know, a long time. I'm still haunted by Game 7. I think that was Boston's best chance to win another cup with this core. Um, If you have a Game 7 on home ice, 99 times out of 100, you would think that you're going to come out on top of that one. I don't want to rehash that, but uh, Brad Marchand, after the game, Game 5, he said, you can always look at what-ifs, but the fact of the matter is we were fortunate enough to be able to play. I think we have to be grateful for the opportunity to be here, regardless of how difficult it was and the sacrifice we had to make. A lot of people are going through a lot of things. We're fortunate to be able to be here and have the opportunity to play. It really doesn't matter what could have happened or what would have happened. This is what happened. So kind of a more global perspective being taken there by Brad Marchand. He did, of course, have some stronger words to say uh, elsewhere in the Zoom availability following the game. He said, it's a very disappointing finish. We had a great year. It's been a very difficult, or sorry, different playoff schedule, and it was a lot of time off, but we had a hell of a team, and we expected better out of this year. We thought we had a chance to... You know, Tampa has a great team, don't get me wrong. Don't want to take anything away from them. They have a great team. Just the way things were rolling throughout the season, we thought we were going all the way. He said it's a huge sacrifice to have gone to the bubble. Guys really had to dedicate a lot of time and effort to be there. It's kind of a waste of time now, in hindsight, he he said. They spent the last three months getting ready for this. Being there, we walk away with nothing to show for it. It's tough. You never know how many opportunities you're going to have to win a cup. We never know if we're going to get back in the final again or even in the playoffs again. Opportunity missed and it hurts. And it it certainly does for all of us as fans as well. I said off the top that the Bruins certainly had a chance to win this game. They outshot the Lightning by a margin of... Uh, what it was it 47 to 35 at one point in overtime they were almost doubling the lightning in shots I think it was 41 21 at one point um, Charlie Coyle led the way for the Bruins with 10 shots of his own the Bruins had 88 shot attempts at even strength a slight advantage over Tampa's 84 in all situations that rose to a 100 to 90 differential so the Bruins you know, had the lion's share of shot attempts, they had possession, they just couldn't get it done, and that was a problem really all playoffs long. Uh, their inability to score 5-on-5, five five. they did get a power play goal from Pasternak in this one, a even strength goal from David Krejci, but their 5-on-5 five five scoring was lacking. Um, the top line wasn't able to convert. 
And secondary scoring was an issue for this team, you know, I don't know, for for as long as I can remember now, really. And it continued in the playoffs. The addition of Andre Kasha was a positive, I think. There's a lot of people saying out there that they did nothing to address the secondary scoring. Well, that's not true. They brought in Andre Kasha. He played well for the Bruins, despite not being able to find the back of the net. He had a Corsi rating of 54.91, while uh, on the ice, meaning, you know, he was helping to generate more shot attempts on net than was allowing. Uh, but again, just couldn't get the job done. That was just one issue for the Bruins. Five-on-five five scoring, just uh, a real problem for this team, certainly in the playoffs. And that will be one of the major issues that will uh, linger or they'll look back on it and see as missed opportunities for this team. I should add, the Bruins' regular season success, Brad Marchand said it didn't really feel like they were kind of picking up where they left off. He said it felt like we were starting a new season. The amount of time they had off was the same as an offseason, and it felt like they were having a whole new year, but it doesn't matter. They were playing to win the Cup. Every team had different situations, whether guys could skate or not, prior to NHL training camps, but uh, they tried to prepare as best they could, and unfortunately, they fell short. Uh, and yes, yes, they did. Before we move on, let's talk for a moment about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for auto and body parts from literally hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps. I myself was on there the other day looking for a new tail lamp cover for my Honda Odyssey uh, 2003 easily found it within a matter of minutes their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands specifications and prices that you prefer best of all their prices are always reliably low and the same for pros as well as do-it-yourselfers Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. I want to address one of the issues being brought up this morning in light of Boston's loss, and that was the goaltending. We all know that Tuka Rask, Entered the bubble with his team. He played four games for the Bruins. He went one and three, posted a 904 save percentage, and then decided to opt out uh, in order to attend to what we now know was a family emergency and uh, then to remain with his family for the duration of the postseason. It was possible that he could have come back if the Bruins had advanced to the conference finals, if, if he thought. He was able to join the team at that time. That was an open discussion, but it's a moot point at this point. Uh, Yaroslav Halak was pressed into the starter's role. He went 4-5, and five, posted a 9.02 save percentage. And, you know, it was a tough situation for him to enter, no doubt. Uh, you know, you, you come in with the mindset that you're going to be backing up a Vesna Trophy candidate. You might get the odd start here and there, but he was forced into a first-round playoff series against a very talented 
Carolina Hurricanes team. And then, uh, again, called upon to start every game against uh, a Tampa Bay Lightning team that could very well go on to win the Stanley Cup, including a back-to-back scenario. Um, Yes, Halak did let in some softies along the way, but he also kept the Bruins in two games that they perhaps could have allowed to get away from them at some points. The scoring was not there and didn't uh, step up to give him that boost either. Bruce Cassidy said that before game five. He said, look at the Dallas Stars. Ben Bishop was out. Anton Hudobin stepped in, uh, played well, and the Stars were also putting up a large number of goals in front of him as support. Uh, Halak basically had to play perfect hockey in order to give the Bruins their best chance to win. And that's just not realistic for, uh, for him at this point. Um, so it was kind of a double-edged sword there. Halak didn't make every save. He let in some ones that he would probably want to have back. Although which goalie doesn't want to have goals come back and the Bruins weren't scoring to give him that support. So, um, I don't fault Yaroslav Halak at all for this. It's a tough situation to be in. And I don't fault Tuka Rask for that matter. Um, if we look back in this and say Tuka Rask uh, was not part of this team for this playoff run, he chose instead to be the best dad he could be, the best husband he could be, uh, that means a lot. Um, might not mean as much to us as individuals, as fans, uh, of a hockey team detached from the realities of the day-to-day lives of the players. But in the grand scheme of things, that's what matters most to Tuca and his family. Now, with that all said, there are questions, of course, now being raised about the Bruins' core, what they might have left, and who might be around for next season, the season after that, and if you look at the Bruins cat friendly page, obviously we know that Tori Krug is an unrestricted free agent. Zdeno Chara is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Jake DeBrusque is a restricted free agent. And I think that it's quite possible that that contract negotiation could get a bit messy. I did a podcast during the pause about how his agent was pushing for a deal worth over $6 million. So that would be in the Marchand Pasternak range and quite frankly he didn't show enough this season or even in the playoffs to warrant uh, that kind of a contract so that could get interesting Matt Grizzlick's also an RFA and I think he'll get taken care of seeing as though he is a potential replacement for Tory Krug if he is uh, out the door and will sign elsewhere so those are some big questions for this offseason next offseason whenever that is David Krejci will be a UFA. Sean Corrali will be a UFA. Um, I should add, Joaquim Nordstrom is a unrestricted free agent as of the end of this season. He proved to be a very important piece on the fourth line, blocking shots like crazy, killing penalties. Um, after next season as well, Tuka Rask and Yaroslav Halak are both unrestricted free agents. Um, and, you know, there's 
reason to wonder whether Rask will even be back. Will he decide to retire? Will he want to come back for another season? So these are some big questions. And and the Bruins, after the game, were asked about uh, that, about whether or not the core has many years left. David Krejci said it kind of hit him after the game that the core group, a few of them, they have one or two, maybe three years left. With the pandemic going on, you never know what's going to happen. So he said he got a little sad at uh, the end of the game last night. He doesn't regret coming into the bubble, fighting for the Stanley Cup. If he'd do it again, he would because, like Marchand said, you only get so many kicks at that can. Bergeron said he was coming into it just trying to be in the moment, not trying to think about the future, enjoying what's there in front of you. Sometimes there's too much of that going on. You think about the past or you think about the future and you don't really enjoy the present. That's what he was trying to do. And when a night like last night happens, that's when you start to think about it a little bit more. After the game, Bruce Cassidy said he didn't want to speculate on whether Krug and Chara specifically had played their last games with the Bruins. Those decisions will be made by the player and management But he said all along, he's grateful to have an opportunity to coach Chara. It was early in his NHL career, so to speak, later in his playing career. So Chara really helped him a lot. He said, Krug is a bit different. Uh, Cassidy coached him in the American Hockey League, and he was basically just starting out. Krug, that is. Uh, And he said where he felt like Chara probably helped him more than uh, Cassidy helped Z, with Krug, it was a little more watching him grow and being a bigger part in his development. He said they're both great Boston Bruins. We'll see what happens down the line because those decisions will be made at some point sooner than later. He said he loves both those guys and what they mean to the Boston Bruins and hopefully what they'll continue to mean for the Boston Bruins. Chara said he hasn't made any decisions. He obviously just finished the game and he's going to be open-minded. He said, I'm obviously very proud of this group. Everybody made some huge sacrifices, and we were a committed group to get back to where we left off at the point in March when the season was called off. Everybody showed up in great shape, ready to play, committed to come into the Hub City and do whatever it took to play the best hockey that we could. I'm very proud of the group. Guys were playing very hard, doing whatever they could to win games. It's a learning experience for many players, and hopefully this will make the group stronger and more resilient for the pu- for future playoff runs. Still very raw and disappointing. And personally, speaking for all the guys, they left it out there and played with their heart. Marchand said it best as well, talking about Chara, saying he's an icon in Boston. Who knows what's going to happen, but it's a pleasure to go to the rink with him every day and see the dedication he has to the game and has had to the game for so long. It's difficult to do what he's done day in and day out. The way he prepares and the way he still cares so much, he's one of the most, if not the most, driven person Marchand has ever met. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, one of the best defensemen, best players to ever play the game. It's been a real honor to play with him. We have no idea what's going to happen, but he's an incredible teammate and captain and leader, and I don't have enough good things to say about him. Krejci on Krug said he's a great player, always has your back, definitely don't want to see him leave, a great friend, I can't say enough about that guy. Those are two massive questions facing the Bruins as the offseason progresses, and of course, 
here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. We'll be all over it as, um, yeah, just continue to be pumping out daily podcasts for the foreseeable future. Now, on a personal note, I was, of course, uh, very disappointed that the Bruins lost last night, that they weren't able to build off a remarkable regular season. Quite frankly, I was pretty uh, shocked at how good they played the season coming off the loss last year. I thought there'd be a bit of a, a hangover, some residual effects, but they came out strong. And, uh, you know, who knows what would have happened under normal circumstances if they had kept rolling through March into April. Playoffs played in front of uh, fans. They would have had home ice advantage throughout the postseason, uh, which, uh, you know, obviously they didn't have in the bubble. Um, so that's different. Tuka Rask would have stuck around. Uh, Andre Kasha would have had more time to get acclimated with his teammates. Uh, all kinds of things would have been different. But like Brad Marchand said, this is what happened. The Bruins are now forced to just deal with the fact that Tampa Bay was quite simply the better team in this series. They had the better goaltender. Their star players uh, rose to the occasion. Braden Point, for my money, was the best player in the entire series for either team. Uh, Victor Hedman really stood up as well. He's the guy who stood out. Uh, and the Bruins, they got some nice power play goals from David Pasternak, David Krejci, some timely goals, but they're... Uh, top players didn't step up as much as Tampa's and they were without Steven Stamkos. They were without Nikita Kucherov for a large part of game five. They were down to 10 forwards since they were rolling with an 11 forward seven defense model for most of the series with Stamkos out. So they were down to 10 forwards for the third period and both overtimes. The Bruins still couldn't get a goal in and that was the Bruins Biggest issue above goaltending, I think. Paul Stewart said it best last week as well that the Bruins' defense uh, lacking in size, not able to clear the front of the net and give Halak the best look at some goals, um, or also just not able to clear out the opposition when they had clear chances in front of the net, as we saw with Andre Palat the other night. Um, I think... Bruce Cassidy, as much as I do love him as a coach, I think he erred in trying to make Nick Ritchie a thing. I'm not pinning the whole season, or sorry, the whole series on Nick Ritchie. I don't think he should be made to be a scapegoat, but clearly in game five, a line of Anders Bjork, Charlie Coyle, and Jack Stanika uh, was a third line that caused problems for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And if they had been a thing for the whole series, then it could have been a much different story. So there's so many factors that went into Boston losing this series to not advancing past the second round. And, um, you know, on top of all that, it's just ridiculously hard to win the Stanley Cup. Again, we look back at last season, the Bruins faced with a Game 7 Stanley Cup final on home ice. You think that would be a slam dunk, and it should have been. Uh, they had a couple glorious opportunities early against Jordan Bennington, weren't able to bury them, and then, as luck would have it for the Blues, they were able to capitalize on their chances. Again, I'm not blaming Tuka Rask for this. I think 
he is well within his rights to go back with his family, and I respect that decision. Um, David Pasternak and Andre Kasha had quarantine issues. That was certainly a factor as well. There's so many things that were working against the Bruins, and um, the fact that they beat Carolina so handily. They had a, a chance against the Lightning, but... Again, I think the Lightning just proved to be the better team, and, and really there's not much else to be said. Uh, the Bruins, like I've been saying all podcast long, they have a bunch of decisions to be made, and that leads me to kind of what you can expect coming up on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. It's going to remain a daily podcast, even through the offseason. There are no shortage of topics to cover from... Jake DeBrusque's future with the team as an RFA, Krug, Chara, um, the goaltending situation, what the lineup might look like next year, draft strategy without a first-round pick in tow, uh, potential trades, potential signings, so many things to talk about and uh, so many people to connect with as well. I'm hoping to have more regular guests on the program as well. So, uh, let me gather myself here and just say I appreciate so much the support for the podcast through my first season as host of Locked On Boston Bruins. We are at episode 211 right now, and anybody who's listened to one of these episodes, let alone multiple, let alone every day, if there's anybody out there who does, uh, I love you, first of all, <laughs> for doing that. And I just appreciate everybody who's downloaded an episode, everybody who's listened, everybody who's interacted on social media, everybody who has left a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts, uh, the positive ones especially. And I'm looking forward to the next phase of the podcast and uh, just diving into what's next for the Bruins and following along with them and continuing the conversation along with you. Like I said yesterday, um, I don't consider this to be my podcast by any stretch. I see it as our podcast. That's why I say we a lot on here because you all who take the time to listen are joining with me and conversing with me, and it's an ongoing discussion about our favorite team, and that's what the Locked On Boston Bruins is all about. So thank you so much uh, for listening along the way. Uh, not the way we wanted the season to end, but um, I do still love this team as much as I did yesterday. And uh, despite the fact that this may be it for this current core in its complete uh, iteration, I am excited about the future of this team. I think a change is good. I think there are some uh, young players to be excited about, uh, some fresh energy perhaps on the team. And um, I, th I trust Don Sweeney to make good decisions moving forward and, and to keep this team competitive uh, despite any losses that the roster may incur. Are they going to be cup contenders next season? Who knows? And uh, it'll be fun to follow along what goes on this offseason and, and project where they're going to be next season. But for now, uh, Game 5... An opportunity lost, I think. Um, would they have 
been able to pull off game six and seven on back-to-back nights. Well, that's a different story, but it would have been nice to have the chance to, to see if it was possible. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Again, you can find me on Twitter at ENC McLaren. You can follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. And we will be back tomorrow to continue our discussion about all things black and gold, as well as a look around the NHL on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Take care, friends.